Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from basketball to football to soccer and esports. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to discuss uh, week 12 of the NFL football season, uh, recap some of the college football games from uh, rivalry week, which is difficult to say, uh, check in on the MLB free agency potential signings, uh, discuss Zach Wilson, also Russell Wilson, uh, let's see, and then make the picks for week 13, and also discuss White Lotus. White Lotus had uh, two episodes left of White Lotus, and it's been very good so far this season. So I have a new Super Bowl team in the NFC, which I'll get into here shortly. Um, won't be surprising. They've been playing, I think they've been playing the best football the last few weeks, but no one has really discussed it as much. Uh, but let's recap the game. So we had Sunday night football. We had the Eagles and the, the Packers. Um, that was actually a, a, a good game, you know, for a little bit. Aaron Rodgers ended up leaving with a rib injury. He also has a broken thumb, so he might be out for next week. He says he's going to play uh, week 13, but we'll see. Uh, but Jordan Love came in, threw a 65-yard touchdown pass, uh, and uh, Eagles ended up winning, though, 40-33. to they currently have the best record in the NFL. Um, I'm I'm not 100% sold on the Eagles, as you know, uh, but their defense has been great, right? They have two really good wide receivers, one great one in A.J. Brown. Uh, Jalen Hurts has really progressed as a quarterback, as a passer, more than I expected to at this point in his career. Uh, the running game is good. They ran for a record, was it, like 350 yards against that Packers defense. The Packers can't stop anyone. They can't stop a nosebleed on the ground. Um, but I'm not, I, I don't. I just don't have the Eagles as, as coming out of the NFC. Uh, maybe they go deep in the playoffs, but I want to see them play the Cowboys and the Giants. I want to see those matchups again. Um, but that, that remains to be seen. Uh, Raiders and Seahawks. Raiders got to win in overtime, 40-34 to against the Seahawks. Um, Josh Jacobs has been absolutely amazing this season. He had, he finished the game overtime. He had an 86 yard touchdown run to win the game for the Raiders. Um, also had 77 yards receiving and was like 232 yards or something rushing and two touchdowns. So he had a 303 yard game yesterday, 48 fantasy points. Luckily I started him, but I might be losing today. Um, 
Seahawks might be coming back down to reality with a, a second straight loss, loss to the Bucks, and now they lose to a Raider team who only their two out of the three wins were against the terrible, just the god awful Denver Broncos, uh, which we'll get into here soon. Um, so hopefully, you know, I'd love to see the Seahawks in the playoffs, especially with uh, Geno Smith having a resurgent year there uh, for Seattle. Pete Carroll's looking twenty years younger there. Um, they're excited, you know, and they won the trade with the Broncos because uh, they own the first round pick. And when the Broncos get the fifth, the top five pick, the Seahawks are going to have a top five pick potentially. And um, they might, they might get a quarterback, might get CJ Stroud or something, which I would like them to stick with Geno Smith, you know, I guess for the full year, see what, see how that happens. See, see where they go record wise. And, you know, if they can carry that into uh, next season, uh, Rams and chiefs, I think Matthew Stafford is going to be shut down. Uh, they said there's no timetable for his return, but they might shut him down. I had suggested already that they should shut him down. Um, cause I mean, the, the Rams aren't winning anything and I think Cooper cup should be shut down cause this year it's just a wash. You know, they lost, they only scored 10 points. Chiefs ended up winning 26, 10. Um, they just look bad. They look terrible. Um, they look like they, they also just retired, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and, uh, Coach McVay, because they just there's no rhythm at all. You know what they really need is a running back, and they haven't had a running back. They weren't able to trade uh, Cam Cam Akers at all, and like they just haven't had consistent usage out of the backfield, and that's why they tried hard to get Christian McCaffrey, uh, who ended up going to San Francisco. Another bad. Well, this was actually a good game, but against two teams that just have been struggling. Uh, Chargers score on a last-second uh, two-point conversion to take the lead 25-24 against the Cardinals. You know how I feel about the Chargers. I like them so much. I like Austin Eckler. I'm a Herbert guy. You know, he's from Eugene, lived in Eugene for, what, seven years. I was in Eugene for a while, and I got to see him at Oregon. He was a local guy. Everyone there liked him. He's just, you know, he has some leadership qualities there, big arm. I like Herbert, but... I, and I like this defense. They got Derwin James there. They have a Bosa back there. But I, I and I like their receivers too, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. But they just continue to let me down at every point of my life when I have rooted for the Chargers. Even when they had Mar- Marty Schottenheimer as coach, they just c- consistently let me down. Philip Rivers and El- and Ladainian Tomlinson teams let me down, and this Chargers team is going to let me down again because I had them winning over eleven games this season. They barely beat the Cardinals, who are just are a disaster right now. Um, you know they they were in it, and then at the end they had to throw a hail mary, and then you know Kyler Murray didn't have the arm for it, uh, so they ended up, they they fall to the Chargers there. Ravens and Jaguars. You know I was ta- I was harping on the the Ravens a lot last week. Defense looking better, looking improved. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, having a good year, but then you know, then they lose to Jacksonville, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. They barely beat. Was that who did they play last? Was that the that wasn't the Lions? Was it? Might have been the Lions, or it was a team that they. Oh, it was the Jets. Maybe the Jets. It was someone like no, not the Jets. It was someone, but they barely beat them. Took a while for them to score. It was the Panthers actually. Um, and then they lose to Jaguars. It's like okay, so there's. I just I don't quite believe in the Ravens a hundred percent. 
Browns beat the Buccaneers in overtime, 23 to 17. Um, yeah, it just comes down to not really having a running game. Tom Brady throwing for too much. You know, he's he's passing too much. There's too many attempts there for him. Um, they don't have a, a consistent running game to rely on, and like everyone's always injured on that team. Okay, uh, Panthers and Broncos. The Panthers won 23 to 10. The return of Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is back. I thought I thought they were starting Baker Mayfield. I don't know what happened with Baker Mayfield, uh, but PJ Walker was injured, so they brought in Baker Mayfield, who started a couple games ago or last game. Uh, this game, Sam Darnold, he looked good. <laughs> And he started, and he's going to start next week too. So I would not bet any money on the Panthers because I have no idea what they're going to look like week to week. Um, I was so high on on uh, Sam Darnold. I wa- I love Sam Darnold as USC. I wanted the 49ers to draft Sam Darnold so bad. I was ready. I was all in on Darnold. And then he went to the New York Jets. Who would love to have Sam Darnold back right now? Because he's way better than Zach Wilson. Um, and Zach Wilson is just... He's just not cutting it for him, which we'll get into here shortly because there was a development there on Zach Wilson. But uh, for the Panthers, they're just they just they don't care what what the what the spread is. They're just out there playing football. And for the Broncos, I have no idea what the Broncos are doing. Uh, Russell Wilson has no idea what the Broncos are doing. Neither does Nathaniel Hackett, um, the head coach, the first time head coach there. He's he like. Gave up play calling duties to someone else, offensive coordinator, and they they cut Melvin Gordon after his fifth fumble this year. They traded Bradley Chubb. I don't know if they're trying to be in a win now mode or they're rebuilding, but they signed Russell Wilson to a huge contract. So when you do that with the the way he's been playing for like this entire season, he only has let's see, I think he only has seven touchdown passes right now, which for comparison, Zach Wilson, who just had the worst game I've ever seen last week, has, I think he has six or something like that. Carson Wentz, who's been out for like six weeks, has more touchdown passes than Russell Wilson. Okay, Russell Wilson now has eight touchdown passes because he had one yesterday, but he had 35 attempts, 19 completions for 142 yards. Awful. He rushed two times for eight yards. Like, there's nothing there. He's just completely, he's just a complete shell of himself. And Sam Darnold was 11-19, 164 yards and touchdown. That That's great compared to what we saw from Russell Wilson. And the rate at which Russell Wilson has just diminished has been astonishing quite frankly because he was he was good last year with the Seahawks and he looked like he still had it but like something was holding him back now after all these years it's not Pete Carroll holding Russell Wilson back it's Russell Wilson holding Pete Carroll and the Seahawks back the defense wasn't as good but they were in games but you know in the past Russell Wilson was able to break out of the pocket and scramble and get you know pick up a clean 11 10 yards whatever get a first down but now He's not making the proper reads. He's focused on one side of the field and just makes bad throws. And he doesn't have a strong arm at all. And he's gone a lot slower. And, you know, he did, he was excited to go to Denver. He did all these commercials and, you know, oh, Broncos country, let's ride, made all this stuff. And he's just like so corny. 
And now people are coming after him. You know, former Seahawks teammates are coming after him. They're loving the failures of Russell Wilson. And honestly, I am too. I look it up on Twitter and I just enjoy it because as a 49er fan, I had to watch watch him win all the time and, you know, constantly being praised. But there's something about Russell Wilson that bothers people. Just his approach to stuff and he's just not authentic at all in his responses. Just, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta continue to play better. You know, it's unacceptable, blah 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 blah. He's like PR one oh one and how to answer. He's like the the Madden auto generated responses uh for a computer player. You know, like he's just not a, I don't believe he's a real person. I just think he's just like this some some fake person that was like made in the lab or something because he just he doesn't say anything authentic at all. And then you see uh, his teammate on the defensive side of the ball, Purcell, um, he started yelling at Russell Wilson and got in his face. And then Russell Wilson looked like he didn't know how to respond. Like he was just getting on. Like, hey, man, we're having a good defensive game, but the offense isn't showing up. The offense isn't scoring. And they're worse with Russell Wilson than they were with Drew Locke. And it's not going to get better because he's going to continue to get older unless he fired Nathaniel Hackett or something, but like they have, they have good pieces around him, good wide receivers. They have, they have a top 10 defense in the NFL and they can't win games. They can't win close games. This offense ranks the worst in the NFL. I think they're averaging 13.8 points per game. And you have Russell Wilson as quarterback. Like that's just crazy to me because there's so many other, offenses who you think might be worse like the texans might be worse but the texans are actually a better offense the commanders are better like even the bears like it's just crazy moving on to the texans and dolphins dolphins demolished the texans um they had a pull to it early they pulled their starters early in the game uh, but they won 30 to 15 um the the dolphins are looking really good you know that they're relying heavily on the running game uh tua is in the mvp conversation for sure um not not much else to say about that game and then let's see what else Bengals and titans this was a a good game um Bengals ended up pulling away 20 to 16 watch out for the Bengals. they're still winning in spite of not having despite not having uh, Jamar Chase, which I think he's going to come back probably next week because he was ready. He was kind of ready this week, but, you know, he wanted to get ramped up more than he is right now. So I think he'll be back next week. All right, and then this game, Bears and Jets. Jets pull away 31-10, to but it's not behind the arm of Zach Wilson, not behind the arm of Joe Flacco, who I had suggested that they bench Zach Wilson for. It's behind. It's the return of Mike White. If you remember, Mike White was it two years ago where he had that 400-yard, four-touchdown pass game. Everyone thought like, "Oh, whoa, Mike White looks amazing out here." So, after Zach Wilson's comment in the press conference saying that no, he didn't let the defense down, Robert Sala did the right thing because a lot of players liked uh, posts or tweets, whatever, saying you know Zach Wilson is a problem. He used to be held accountable, and he had this, you know, this attitude about him, like, "Hey, I'm not the problem." Then he had to pu- publicly apologize because people were bullying him into apologizing, basically. But it's like, no, well, like you didn't take ownership of your mistakes, so why should we believe you now? So Robert Sala immediately benched him. He is not even—he didn't even suit up for the game. 
They start Mike White. Mike White throws for 303 yards and three touchdowns. Looks so good. The, the Jets look in sync. Um, they can make the playoffs probably with Mike White. And I think if he continues to play well, Zach Wilson's not going to see the field for the rest of the year. Because if it's not Mike White, it should be Joe Flacco. I don't think you start Zach Wilson because they were winning in spite of Zach Wilson, not because of him. And he, I mean, he had that terrible game throwing for 76 yards against the Patriots. Uh, let's see. Commanders won. They beat the Falcons. Heineke is still winning at 119-13. Uh, let's see. Some Thanksgiving games. Good good Thanksgiving games. Vikings won 33-26. Uh, they're at top of the NFC along with the Eagles. Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20. That was a great game. A lot of viewership behind that one. Uh, Cowboys look good. They So this is like the game for, for Odell Beckham basically because he's decided between these two teams it seems like. Odell Beckham should have been at the at the game. Both teams should have had jerseys ready for him. And then the winner of this game gets Odell Beckham, basically. So he maybe he'll sign with the Cowboys, but he said he's gonna sign at the end of the month. It's the twenty eighth. I haven't seen haven't heard anything happening about that except that he got escorted off a plane. I don't know why, but that happened. Uh Bills and Lions. Bills pull away from the Lions twenty-eight to twenty-five. Um the Lions are feisty, you know, and I don't believe I don't just the way the Bills are playing, they're not playing as consistent as they should be, but but you know. But they're still good. Um same with the Chiefs are great. Uh but I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Um mine was okay. Uh, a lot of people were spread out, did different things. Uh update on my job thing. I just like stopped showing up to my last job and and I started a new job, and I didn't tell my old boss because she was constantly, constantly, like, harassing me, like, yelling at me. She was, she was, like, the worst manager I ever had. So I just stopped showing up one day, and then I started my new job the day, the next day. And so I've been at this new job for, like, two weeks. I've never left a job without saying anything. I always put my two weeks in, two weeks notice because I'm a professional. But um, I did enjoy doing that and made her you know, have a hard time because she treated me poorly. Anytime I talked to her, it was like, she got really defensive about it. I'm like, Hey, I don't, I don't like how you're treating some of the staff. And then she got really weird and defensive about it. But, uh, but yeah, now I have this new job. So we'll see, we'll see how this one goes anyway. So I want to discuss my new Super Bowl team. And, um, it's the only game I haven't discussed. It's the San Francisco 49ers. And let me tell you why, because, this game against the Saints was a gritty game, you know, some dirty hits on Jimmy Garoppolo. He had some injuries to the running game. Not everything was working, right? And they still pulled away 13 to 0. They've have they have shut out their op- opponents defensively in the second half for like four straight games and they completely shut out the Saints even though the Saints were close. This season every major statistic on the defensive side of the ball the 49ers rank number one and they're getting healthy on defense they did have some banged up players on offense today uh Debo Samuel you know he came up a little bit injured but he played the rest of the game Elijah Mitchell left he may have sprained his MCL but it's not the same knee or as serious as the knee that kept him out most of the year 
Christian McCaffrey had some injury issues with his knee as well, um, so he was being monitored. Uh, we'll see if he's able to play next week, but here's another key because they rely heavily on the running game. The leading rusher was Elijah Mitchell with 35 yards on seven attempts. Christian McCaffrey has not had a good two games. Uh, he had 32 yards rushing on 11 carries. Mason, the southern running back, they have 25 yards. Uh, it was mostly the passing game. Jimmy Garoppolo, 222 yards and one touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo has been amazing for four weeks now. I don't think he's thrown an interception in four weeks since he became the full-time starter. We had this whole farewell tour thing for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He cried at the press conference. He wanted to be here, but then, you know, he got shown the door. He was appreciative of his time here. Um, and I'm like, okay, they're going to turn the ball over to Trey Lance. We'll see how Trey Lance does. But this team is in win-now mode, right? And unfortunately, Trey Lance gets injured and breaks his ankle first game of the season. Or second game of the season. So you throw in Jimmy Garoppolo, who was not supposed to be on the team. He was not expected to play. He was expected to be in another team. But they kept him. And he's been super sharp with them the last few weeks. Um, he had a great game in, in Mexico. Like, he hasn't turned the ball over. He's been close, but he's been making really good throws in, like, double coverage. So, like, throws that aren't there, he's just been making them. And the guys have really rallied around him, and um, we're seeing the effects of that. Because I honestly, I don't think the 49ers would be here with Trey Lance. They would still try to be developing him. And I don't even know how Trey Lance is going to look next year, honestly. Because he just had a major injury, so he's not able to practice, right? But if these injuries are not severe, Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy, and he stays sharp like how he's playing right now. Um, like he's not doing too much. He's playing within the system. The 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl because <clears throat> they have the best defense and they have the best weapons offensively. You could talk about the Bills. You could talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't even have Tyree Kill anymore. You could talk about the Dolphins who have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, great running game, and Mike Gesecki, uh, the tight end. But the 49ers are stacked offensively. Christian McCaffrey. Good receiver out of the back. He's like Roger Craig reincarnated, you know, who could be a receiver and who could run between the tackles very well. Elijah Mitchell is the number one running back. His rookie year, he missed like six games, rushed for um, about 950 yards, could have rushed for 1,000 yards that season. Imagine if he played the full season, he would have had 1,400 yards. Debo Samuel, he can come out of the backfield. He's great wide receiver, uh, can do a lot of things, physical, physical receiver there. Brandon Ayuk has been amazing this year. He's he's not really in the shadow of Debo Samuel. He's his own guy. He was in the doghouse. We all know the stories with him and Kyle Shanahan. I thought he was done, but he's been playing really well. Yesterday at two or last week at two receptions for two touchdowns. Then they have George Kittle, who was the first team All Pro in uh, 2019, broke the record for most receptions. Um, their offensive line is great with Trent Williams. And then their defense is the best in the NFL, which I said earlier this season, the 49ers are going to have the best defense in the NFL this season. So you add all that together, and you have Kyle Shanahan, who is arguably the best play caller in the NFL. We just needed him to stick with the running game in big games. That's his only downfall. But there's no one in the NFC. like I wouldn't be scared to play the Eagles if I'm the 49ers because... 
Jalen Hurts hasn't done it before. He hasn't been there before, like this 49ers team. Like Jimmy Garoppolo has been to the Super Bowl. Last year, he was one play away. He was right there with an opportunity at the end of the game to get to the Super Bowl again. Almost could have won the Super Bowl. These guys, they know what it takes to get there. These Eagles players, I know. I don't think so. Like some of them still remain. I think there's only two remaining from the Super Bowl team. But the main core guys, like I just I don't see it. The Minnesota Vikings, we have our thing with Kirk Cousins and like big games. He's been playing really well though. He's been he's been making all the right throws. Uh, Justin Jefferson has been bailing him out, but some of it with them seems like luck, right? Like to me, it's, some of it seems just a little lucky for 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 the Vikings. And um, let's see who else you have. You have. I mean, the Buccaneers, they just lost in overtime. They're going to win the division, right? And they're going to make the playoffs. But the 49ers aren't going to have to play them in the first round because the 49ers are probably going to win the division. So then you have the Cowboys, the Giants, and then the seventh seed right now is the Washington Commanders at 7-5. and five. So one of these teams, I think it's going to be the Commanders or the Giants who are going to have to travel to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. But if you look at the standings there, like you have Eagles, Vikings, 49ers at the three spot at seven and four, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Cowboys eight and three, Giants, Commanders. If I'm the 49ers, I think I can beat any of these teams. I can rough up Kirk Cousins easily with that defense. Schematically speaking, the 49ers can run all over the Eagles, I think. And, I mean, even the Buccaneers. Like, the Buccaneers can't stop the run at all. And the 49ers can run it down your throat with Debo, McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell. Cowboys, like, come on. I'm not even worried about the Cowboys. And the Giants, like, Giants haven't been there in so long. Like, I don't even trust the Cowboys. Then you have the Commanders. Like, okay, who's worried about the Commanders? So, I think the NFC is wide open. I don't fully trust the Eagles and Vikings. The only team I can trust right there today in the standings is the 49ers. Because they were just there last year, the NFC Championship game. And, I mean, the Buccaneers weren't there. The other team was would be the Rams, who only have three wins on the season. So I think the 49ers are going to not only go to the Super Bowl, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I think it's more likely that we'll have a 2019 rematch between the Chiefs and the 49ers than, than the Bills and the 49ers. Because the Chiefs... Are clicking on all cylinders right now. They look, they look unstoppable. I know we still have a few weeks left, but that's my new team in in the NFC and in the Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll move on to Week 13. Uh, so tonight we have Steelers and Colts. Uh, Steelers and Colts. Um, I guess the Colts are winning that one. I don't know. Uh, Bills at Patriots. I'm going with the underdog. I'm going with the Patriots. I don't know why. I just like how the Patriots are gelling right now. Uh, plus 200. Titans at Texans. I think this is a return of Deshaun Watson. He's eligible to be reinstated today. Um, so he'll come back. And I think, I don't know, it, they're playing at Houston. Wait, NFL did not, they did not do that on purpose. They did that on purpose where... Deshaun Watson's first game back is going to be in Houston against his former team in the Texans. Wow. Talking about storylines. Um, I'll go with Houston plus 250. Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two weeks, and I don't even know what, what's going to happen there. 
Broncos at Ravens. Ravens minus 360. We talked about how terrible Russell Wilson is in the Denver Broncos. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at Detroit Lions. I'm taking the Lions minus 125. Uh, Jets at Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings at minus 165. Commanders at Giants. Giants plus 105 at home. Dolphins at 49ers. This one will be really good. I'm taking 49ers minus 180. Seahawks at Rams. Um, I guess the Seahawks minus 210. Rams, I don't, they're not, did they start Wolford? They had another quarterback that they started instead of Wolford. Um, so then, and then also Stafford is out and Cooper Cup. Chiefs at Bengals. Going Chiefs minus 140. Could see Jamar Chase in that game. And then uh, Chargers at Raiders. I'll go with the Chargers at minus 135. Sunday night is Saints at Buccaneers. I'll go with the Bucks minus two, minus 210. So in the odds here we have are uh, plus 120. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wow. Those odds are crazy right now. So, wow. Okay, so if I get all these right. Oh, wait, no, I had... Oh, that's why this is off. Because I had a I had another bet loaded up already. This was for Ohio State to win the championship this year, plus fourteen hundred. Oh, my bad. Okay, that's better. So plus eighty thousand. Yeah, the odds were like plus a million or something. I'm like, whoa, whoa this is kind of weird. Okay, so then that's our those are our picks for week thirteen. Uh, wanted to get into college football playoff games. Or first, I'll talk about the World Cup. So the World Cup. I haven't been able to watch like anything, but I saw that. I mean, I've watched like part of the games, but they're at odd hours than I'm at work. But the United States taught they there was a draw with England, and then it was a draw with uh, Wales. So they have to beat Saudi Arabia to advance, and then Mexico they lost to Argentina two zero. Uh, but there's been some upsets. Saudi Arabia upset um, Argentina. But then Argentina won, so I think Argentina's advancing. So right now we have uh, Brazil and Switzerland are tied 0-0 right now at halftime. And then we have South Korea and uh, Ghana won 3-2. Cameroon and Serbia play, or they tied today, 3-3. And then Portugal and Uruguay play today at 11. Um, and then for college football, I have I have a bone to pick with college football. So, first of all, um, David Shaw, coach of Stanford for the last 13 years, uh, stepped down shortly after their loss to BYU. And then, let's see what else. So, there was some good games for uh, Rivalry Week, right? And a lot of this was to determine who's going to play in the conference championship games, who's going to be in the top four, right? First, I just want to say... The Oregon State Beavers, my Oregon State Beavers, defeated number nine Oregon 38-34. They scored 28 straight unanswered points against the Ducks in Corvallis. The Corvallis Beavers, the Oregon State Beavers, storming the field after the game. Um, So now they finished with the same record. So tell me why the AP poll has the Oregon Ducks, uh, Ducks Ranked one spot against the Oregon State Beavers, 
when the Beavers just beat the Ducks and they had the same exact record. So doesn't that mean if they go head-to-head that the Beavers are better than the Ducks because they just beat them? They should be ranked higher than the Ducks. That's a travesty. Anyway, the Beavers are 9-3. and And the Ducks are 9-3. and And um, the Ducks, all they need to do is win to go to the conference championship game, the Pac-12 championship game. And they lose. So now it's going to be between USC, who has one loss this year, against Utah. And they're going to play Utah again. So if USC wins, who rolled Notre Dame 38-27, Caleb Williams, quarterback, uh, looks like he's going to be the Heisman. He's been consistent all year. But if they win, they're going to the college football playoff. So finally, we'll get the return of the Pac-12 to the college football playoff. And I'm going to root for the Pac-12. You know, I used to be a diehard USC fan in high school. I loved USC, and I wanted to go to USC so bad. And I ended up at Oregon State, which I'd even... I don't know why I got discouraged, and like midway through the application at USC, I just stopped applying. Because I figured I just wouldn't be able to afford it, and I wasn't going to get that much financial aid. And a year for tuition at USC is like $40,000, and Oregon State is like $26,000, so... I was like, maybe I should go to Oregon State. Um, I'm more of an underdog person, which at the time, and currently all the time, Oregon State, they're just like always the underdogs. People don't give them a chance, and then they end up winning. They beat Oregon, and I'm I'm glad I chose to go to Oregon State. So now I'm full-time, all-time Beaver, but yeah, I used to be a diehard USC fan, so I will root for USC to win the national championship because whatever's good – for the Pac-12, it's good for the entire conference, the conference as a whole. But I'm also mad at USC because they're leaving for the Big Ten next year. So, or in two years. So it's it's going to be short-lived. And then the future, when they're going to the college football playoff again, it's not going to be the Pac-12. It's going to be the Big Ten. And that's upsetting to me. I, I hate that. That makes me really mad. But... Um, when the Pac-12 wins, when a Pac-12 school wins, all the revenue is spread out through all the schools. That's how it works. Michigan and Ohio State was a big matchup between number two and number three. Michigan demolished Ohio State 45-23. to um, So now Ohio State is out of the top four. So the top four is going to look like this, I think. Or they did the AP poll, but they didn't do the college football playoff rankings. But it looks like it's going to be Georgia number one, obviously, because they rolled. And then number two will probably be be Michigan. And then I would say three, you have to give respect to undefeated TCU. They're still undefeated. Um, <clears throat> they still look unstoppable right now. So they have to be number three. And then number four would be USC. One loss, USC. All they have to do is win the conference championship game against Utah, and they go in. Um, but yeah, so that that's exciting. We'll get we'll get some diversity there. We'll get Georgia. Oh, that would be really good. Actually, we'll get an SEC team in Georgia. We'll get a Pac-12 team in um, USC. We'll get a Big 12 team in TCU, and we'll get a Big 10 team. In Michigan, that's how it should be. It should be spread out with different conferences, but then we ended up getting like two or three SEC schools every year. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. And then let's see what else we were talking about. Um, MLB free agency is happening. No official signings yet, but Aaron Judge did meet with the San Francisco Giants 
this past week. The Giants were elated with the meeting and were really excited about it. And they should make an offer, I think, this week or maybe next week. Um, I think they're going to offer him like $350 million try to bring him in. Um, so we shall see. That will be exciting. Then I want to talk about White Lotus. Uh, White Lotus has two episodes left, and I am absolutely loving this season. It has been amazing. Uh, there's a lot of sexual things going on in this. Uh, this episode in particular um, was another scene much like the one in the first season when the manager had, uh, he had a little party in his office. It's kind of like that. Um, did not expect it until I was like, wait, why did he go do something with his quote unquote uncle when he has this other woman over here? So if you haven't caught up, uh, I have some spoilers here that I'm talking about. So you can, you can cut the podcast here, but, uh, yeah, basically Jennifer Coolidge's character, she's she met these guys and then they're being so nice to her and they invited her and the assistant to uh, Palermo to like their their villa and then you know the character Albie who is like this weird kid who's like being too gentle with this assistant that he likes and you know it's obviously that he's friend zoned. He's the worst character because he doesn't truly know who he is and he keeps judging his dad and his grandpa and they're just trying to have a nice family, you know, excursion. And he's just like, oh, you know, you ruined the relationship with mom. Like, dude, just enjoy the vacation. You're out. You're in, you're having a great time in Italy. Like you're out there trying to meet women, too. Like, what are you talking about? You know, he's just like this righteous Stanford kid who's super annoying and kind of a douche. He's supposed to be a nice guy, but... I don't like him. He's the he's the character I I dislike the most. Uh, Aubrey Plaza's character has been amazing, and she's having like this this sexual awakening. I think because her and her husband Ethan have not. They don't have. I've been I, mostly with this show. I keep track of how often people are having sex because there's it's like a sex based show. It seems like, and if a couple's not having sex, I think. There's gonna have some. There's gonna be some issues later down the line, or there's gonna be some infidelity. Something's happening, and they haven't had sex at all. Aubrey Plaza's character has been trying to have sex with uh, her uh, husband Ethan, and he's been like watching porn and then saying no, or like, "Oh, I'm just tired" or whatever. But then his friend Cameron is very obviously hitting on Harper, who's played by Aubrey Plaza, and there's some weird chemistry there like she's obviously attracted to him and i think he's gonna he's trying to have sex with her because ethan was talking about how they were in college and um cameron used to like he used to go have sex with all the girls that ethan liked before he got to him he'd had this weird like dominance thing like he had to be the one and ethan talked about it and then after that Cameron starts hitting on Harper, touching her leg and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So now he's going to prove it to him. And he's going to try to do it again. Um, the character Daphne, Cameron's wife, I think she's like, I just feel bad for her because she knows that Cameron cheats on her. But then she's just like completely fine with it because she likes her life. But then she mentioned to Harper that, oh, I have this trainer and, you know, suggested that. You know, she spends more time with Cameron, with him than Cameron. So she's obviously, she has like a full on relationship with her trainer. Um, and then 
you have um there's a lot of just good dynamics here and it's like more interesting i think than the first season and i absolutely love the first season but this one's just so good and everything's tying together then you have these two uh prostitutes uh lucia and i forgot the other one's name but lucia was with the dad albie's dad and now she's with albie and then like making help making the assistant jealous and then there's so much going on in this uh in this show and this last episode was like whoa there was a lot a lot going on and now two episodes left and i think there's there's something's gonna happen with like harper and cameron it seems like um there's more developments with the um, the assistant Jennifer Coolidge's assistant, and she met this guy, who's like uh, he's like a younger dude, but there's something weird about. Him. I'm like, okay, because you know the guys that Jennifer Coolidge's character met, and then like they brought her to Palermo, like oh this is my nephew, and this is guy that the assistant's been you know messing with, but uh, then there was one scene where he's like oh well I have to go do something for my uncle. And then um, Jennifer Coolidge, here, she wakes up, she hears some noise, and it's the so-called nephew having sex with his uncle. So he's like a hired like a hired prostitute that's like lives in with him. And then, yeah, so now the next two episodes, like, I don't know if she's going to tell her assistant what's going to happen there, what's going to happen with uh, Harper and Ethan, and then what's going to happen with Albie and his dad. And, um, and also, did you know that Laura Dern was uh michael perioli's um wife that was yelling at him on the phone so she might make an appearance which i would love that because laura dern is just oh she's just great she's just so amazing um she's really good at yelling at people too oh man she's a good yeller i loved her in uh, big little lies she was just like so aggressive just a power woman yelling at everyone all the time just uh that's my favorite um so yeah, I hope she makes an appearance. Uh, two episodes left. I hope she like they're going home, and then she just shows up, and she's like, she just smacks Michael Perioli or something, and she's I don't know, she's just yelling at him. But um, yeah, very exciting. So uh, second to last episode is on Sunday, but I hope you guys are watching it and enjoy it. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, next week.